Doha, Doha 2004, 10 of July. for the Rathyatra. Prabhupada asked us to develop Kalkata Rathyatra into one of the largest or the largest Rathyatra in the world. So, in some respects, uh, Kalkata is. The Rathyatra goes on for nine days. Anybody here from Puri? From Jagam? You're from Puri? So there they also do nine days, one day going round, seven days in the Gundicha, and the ninth day coming back. So we don't have a Gundicha, so we build a temple in the park. Out of uh, the decorators, they are very expert to build these uh, temporary temples in Bengal. That's that the Rathyatra there in Kathada, they had a few floats in front of the Rathyatra, they had marching bands, they had uh, la ladies, girls from the upper secondary, higher secondary, some schools. So the Rathyatra in Kathara goes through the main 
streets and it goes to the Maidan and there's a Prashad distribution, there's maybe 25 booths, bookstall, Prashad sales. stage it was an 80 foot high temple made from temporary structure bamboo and things like this it's quite a massive complex so Bhakti Chiva Swami Bhakti Siddhanta Swami Bhakti Purushottam Swami, myself, and Subhag Swami. We were sharing, so there were two lectures every evening from Swamis. And there's a question and answer booth. other festival called the Mahavipur near Ranagat. It's about two hours drive north of the capital downtown. We have a small center in a village three kilometers out of the subdivisional town of Ranagat. And they take this Ratyatra to Ranagat. It was a massive Some people come also to Nelakatra. It's in the country, so it's a big thing in the country. People come out. And outside of Ranga, they build, they have a big uh, campsite, and there they have lots of people come out in the places. I was invited to go to Bangladesh for the last two days, three days, 25th, 26th, 27th of the Rath 25th I went and uh, the education minister of Bangladesh, some Mr. Hussein, Muhammad Hussein something, he uh, he was there and he was appreciating his God and he was saying that in our country that all the religions have freedom to practice. So. Then uh, I went to Komila. 
which is on the border of Tripura. There's a 300-year-old temple there of Lord Jagannath. I don't know if anybody has ever been to Pamela. Probably not. That temple was established by the Tripura Maharaj. So they had interesting Rathyatra. The chariot goes traditionally one or two kilometers away from the main temple to a, a small temple uh, which is called the Gundicha. And then uh, they, have, uh, they have their return rath on the eighth day instead of the ninth day. It's just their tradition. So the Kirtan party going throughout the whole town comes there. Then the uh, me and I inaugurated the rats. And then I, I got out of the rats after. And they told me that, well, it gets pretty bumpy later on when you want to get down. So what happens is that there's a paved road for maybe two, three hundred meters. And after that, it was uh, a dirt road. One of those people were pulling the rat, the young men, and the road ended. It had been raining, so the dirt road was really a mud road. And they were pulling, and sometimes the devi was stuck, wouldn't move. And they were shouting, talking about songs, and somehow getting the strength to pull it. They have a customer that they throw anything at the Vili. I mean, bananas, coconuts, it's truly. My secretary got hit. Pretty much everything. Being up on the rough is very dangerous. I got hit also, but not, I didn't get any injury. I hit my banana and <coughs> So then that day night we had a late uh, initiation ceremony with about 20 people. And that next, um, the next morning we came back to Dhaka. And, uh, for the return rats. There's a famous uh, place, a famous uh, Hindu temple uh, called uh, Dakeshwari. And that uh, place is where the rat starts. And the mayor came, although he's uh, rather paid. Different dignitaries came. There was a very good Rathantra in the sense that there was lots of people. I mean, there must have been over a hundred thousand. I lost track. I couldn't. 
and uh, it was going quite well until about <coughs> uh, six o'clock. Over four or five kilometers we went, it was two thirds of the way, and then Balaram's uh, wheel stopped working. <coughs> Too much weight, maybe. What is Police said you're blocking traffic. Your bus not moving, so we have to do something. So then, so then we took Vajaya Bali Subhadra on our heads and started walking through the downtown. Main Buddhist main downtown area. And the, the roads were packed with people, and people were, and all the devotees stayed together, and the Mayans chanting like Krishna, so probably they didn't see so many people of that community together. Then some rickshaw drivers came in there. Talking about the Hussumajan went on the rickshaw, on the devotees' lap. Until they finally came back, and then there was uh, some evening program. We requested me that please just so the Rath got back maybe about eight o'clock. And there was some emergency people I had to see, so by 9 o'clock they said, you know, there's a few initiations to do. So there was 100 first initiations and 20 seconds, or 12 seconds. Starting the interview at 8 o'clock at night. So it became an all-night uh, thing. That uh, finally at six in the morning we started giving them the beats. And all night long they were sitting out listening to lectures on initiation. And Ekanath was on the computer picking out the names all night long. Then uh, we got something after the eight o'clock, I raced to the airport, got right to Pineapple. But that night, because the whole night I was also out. No sleep the night before, we're up till 1.30. Then I got the vertigo and everything was spinning. And then there's some doctor checked, they said, you're just exhausted, you had to uh, rest. And uh, So then I was in Mayapur for about a week, resting, and pretty much rested. But again, last night I was up till 12.30 in Kadeyapur early in the morning at uh, 4.30, 4 o'clock, to catch the flight here. And someone told us the flight was 7.10, so we were not 7.40. Otherwise, uh, like that, pretty intense static programs. And yesterday we had all the bombing, all around this uh, elite uh, community. 
there at the Rock Yatra Festival in the evening, and they were ambassador of India. So yeah, the local leaders just asked me that since I'm so close by in Bangladesh, could I come to Krishna Kartadesh? So I'm happy to do that. To get some of your association. As we know, just in a few days, we'll start the Purushottam month. We can talk about that later. It's a very sacred month. You get a hundred or a thousand times the benefit. It comes once in three years. And especially Krishna says it's his month. It's, it's not a good month for material things, but it's a good month for spiritual things. Did you get sweets? Yeah, like here some sweets. Then uh, from here I'm planning. Uh, I have to go to uh, to some devotees who went from the Middle East to uh, to Ranto. So I'm going to be going there for the Rathyantra Krishna wedding. They went from here and then they did very good service there and set up about half a dozen black musician groups. And of course one of the families went and the husband got asthma. So you never know, right? With how a place will suit you. Some things might suit you, some things might not. Ultimately, we're not really meant to be here in this material world. Excuse me. Prabhupada once said that this material world is no place for a gentleman or a gentle lady. People don't treat the right way. Maybe you've ever, some of you faced in your workplace a, a boss or a work colleague or a supervisor or someone who didn't treat you the way that you felt you should be treated. Anybody ever faced that? <laughs> in fact, if they feel threatened by you that you're doing too good a job, you're too efficient, then uh, they may also try to screw you in some way, try to mess you up, try to cause you difficulty. Even it was just I was glanced at the newspaper when I came that one of the ministers in Israel was uh, exposed that he had tried to undermine one of his own party colleagues in the previous election to do a character assassination. And then when it came out public on the internet and on the radio and everything, whatever, on the newspaper, 
so then they sacked him from his ministerial post on the request of the party chairman. <clears throat> so these things are happening. And they happen to the devotees too. It's not only us, it happens to everybody. But sometimes if they think you're a devotee, then they think they pick on you more. Because you're a sadhu. Sometimes you get away with things being a sadhu, and sometimes you have to look more heavy. Even in Tongan Chennai, there was a disciple, and he was. Uh, he asked me that now that I'm divorced, should I wear tilak to work and shave my hair? I said, no, you don't do that because you do too different, and uh, you're going to face some difficulties. Maybe. You don't have to do that. He did it anyway. And then he found that there were difficulties. So then after a couple of maybe over a year, and then he grew out his hair a little bit and didn't wear too long at work anymore. Things were better. Even though India is a land of Dharma, but their motto is no, not too much religion. And for them, uh, Hare Krishna devotee is too much religion. Although it's really what our grandparents and great-grandparents in India have been practicing quite traditionally, but now it's considered too much religion. If you chant everyday japa, if you offer your food to Krishna, if you don't take onions and garlic, if you know, etc., etc., then you're becoming too religious in some circles. And uh, if that's the good people, that's so too religious means they're still pious, but then there's worse words they have, you know, with the more modernized people. I had a, a son of a Indian parent, mixed marriage, Indian and uh, Western, both boys. And he was uh, trying to study in India in the schools, but he wore his neckpiece. And uh, he found that in India, everybody, the, the, the kids want to be so westernized that if you do anything that's Indian, they think you're not cool. And not being cool means you have to be uh, ridiculed and they have to make fun of you. And so he found it very, very difficult. Then he, uh, said I think that I was better off in the West. They came to India for the spiritual environment, but they found it difficult. He went back to the West and there in California, and he was the topper in his class. He was elected the chairman of the student club. He's a good soccer player, good football player, and uh, and he and they accepted him that he's a, he's a, you know, okay, he's an Indian and he's, that he wears his neckbeads and he has this culture and for them it was something quite cool. <laughs> a little different, you know, something you know, they didn't know about. So it's kind of a strange like a dichotomy that now you got an Indian, it's, it's sometimes it's harder to be a devotee than uh, uh, for some people than it is in the West. Although in general I'm the West very materialistic and there's, you know, there has other side to it, but this kind of 
they're already in the road. There's these new obstacles. So we, we sometimes we want to run away from the difficulties, but you have to kind of just see where, where, what the situation is. And we have to be determined that to do, to do our devotional service. I mean, in some cases, I was, uh, interesting thing happened, like uh, somebody in Balaram Desh told me last time they're facing a lot of difficulty in their work from other managers and uh, asked me to put in my prayer. Actually, gurus aren't supposed to be asked to do these kind of materialistic things, but anyway. I said if it will help his devotional service, uh, bless him. So, it so turned out that uh, the owners of the company were actually happy with what he was doing, seeing the bottom line and everything. That they decided to promote him to becoming the managing director of the whole of three countries. So the managers are giving him a hard time, now he's their boss. So sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. You, know? <laughs> you face difficulties, different places. <laughs> so I mean, this is the material world, but we should make our long-range plan is that we're not going to come back here unless the first Krishna wants us to. That we're going to serve Krishna eternally. We don't have, I, I have, more, I mean, some of the devotees who joined when they were young in the Hare Krishna movement in the temples and grew up in a temple like, uh, those are very rare nowadays. But at one point in this kind there was a lot of people like that. But when I joined, there were no, there, now say somebody joins like that out of college and they go into ISKCON, they could have a career. They could be a manager of a temple or they could be in book publishing. They could, they could actually have a career as a temple uh, devotee. But very few people opt for that. Most people have outside jobs and work. And, uh, <clears throat> but, uh, what do I want to say? So, those who today in ISKCON, because we have so many big temples and big activities going on, and they can do our careers. They may not even experience what it's like to work in the material world. But uh, when I joined, we didn't have, uh, we were just only three temples in the world. We had no infrastructure. We had no, we had no, um, books even to distribute, there's no live membership uh, program. We didn't really have uh, too many concepts. It was like really crisis. We just had to get the rent together for our center. So everybody was told, all the brahmacharis in the temple, all the bachelors and brahmacharis, to go out and get a job, anything you can get, and give all the money to the temple to pay for the rent. <coughs> So, like that, uh, the kind of emergency jobs you get like that were minimum wage, uh, labor intensive, uh, <coughs> different types of. So, anyways, I was uh, able to, I went through maybe about six or eight different jobs in a, in a few months' time. 
Is there a temporary job? Is there a reason I'm going to, anyway, but, uh, and I, so at least I had some experience what it's like to work with people in the material world. It's like, uh, it was pretty tough. It's, uh, they have their different expectations. I remember I was working in this, every time I see this Dairy Queen, and there's like another one they call in America, it's called uh, A&W Root Beer. I was working in a root beer stand. And uh, my job was to clean up afterwards. It's pretty sudra. And, uh, and then we were allowed to have a 15 minute coffee break. So during my coffee break, I catch up on some rounds and I'd sit in my chair a few rounds. So the store manager would come and say, What are you doing? I said, I'm meditating. And he'd blast me. He said, you're not allowed to do that. This is my coffee break. Like, What's the problem if I want to... I mean, it's my coffee break. So this is my method of stimulation. Is I get stimulated by meditating. He said, look, you take coffee in my coffee break. <laughs> <laughs> you can't meditate. <laughs> if you catch you meditating, I'm going to fire you. I was just like, you know. Probably, of course, I had, now, now in, the, in the, this day and age, after 30, 40 years, I probably have labor rights. I could take them to labor court or something in Canada. I was in Canada at the time. All kinds of strange experiences, strange people. But some interesting, I mean, it was very edifying. So I appreciate the devotees working in the material world and uh, I mean, I worked for the Immigration Department, I worked for the Municipality, I worked for a printing press, I worked for a plastic factory, I worked for a dead factory, I worked, like, uh, I worked for a record uh, company who was sending out records and tape. In those days it was records, not couldn't have cassettes and things. I think I was working for all kinds of different companies and maybe that would be the weakest. Um, some I got fairly decent jobs, some I got lousy jobs. It was urgent. Really. Prabhupada was living in Canada and there was no one to pay his rent. And I was the only one that somehow was able to dig up a job. Somehow, good or bad, somehow I got a job. And others were not able to do so, that so much. So I was paying for Prabhupada's rent because he had lost his. Uh, his visa had expired in America, and then uh, he didn't get, he didn't get a, he was applying for a green card, but hadn't come through yet. But what's so, a nectarian, though, is every night I could go on here, show the Prabhupada, giving a lecture. And he was being very merciful to me. And then I had a night shift, I couldn't hear his evening lecture, so I'd go back and I'd listen to the tape every morning. I missed the lecture. And uh, listening to his uh, table was also really nice. And one day I remember listening to the tape and Srila Prabhupada, he asked, Is there any question at the end of the class? And then nobody asked any questions. So I used to have a habit. Somebody told me that when I knew what you should do is you should always ask a question at the end of the class. 
you think of something that will be very appropriate and good and illuminate, this Prabhupada likes the questions. So the, this devotee gave me a tip. So at the end of every class, I would always answer a question. And um, trying to think of a good question. The whole class would think of what question I'm going to ask. And then, uh, so then now I wasn't at the classes anymore. So I'm probably going to ask if anyone has a question. Nobody had a question. Then he said, where is Jaya Pataka? Oh, at that time I was just back to him. So he asked good questions. For <laughs> 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 Prabhupada, even a little bit of recognition of that time was very edifying, very, very enthusiastic. But I feel grateful for that devotee told me to ask questions. The devotees, even though they have that, if they learn how to dip in, really, not press, you can have uh, CDs and VCDs, and you can attend the Bhakti Riksha groups and the prayer groups. And how to immerse ourselves into spiritual life after going through a kind of a humdum, sometimes stressful, sometimes not so bad. Sometimes maybe even interesting, I don't know. Some people might have interesting jobs. If you actually had, I was just doing obviously job, but if you had a career and you really like what you're doing, then it would be different. But still, even after that, whatever, after going through your material side of life, how to immerse yourself into Krishna consciousness. And that's, that's what I, I realize is it's a question of survival. We have to have a certain amount of spiritual happiness to motivate us forward in our spiritual life. <clears throat> it's important that the devotees uh, learn to get a taste for spiritual life and like, that they have regular practice. A little bit of material comforts and things, it's okay. I mean, that's not a big obstacle, but what's important is that sometimes we rise above the pains and the pleasures of material life and go into another dimension. And that's what you can get by chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare 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 And by reading and by studying hearing their classes and by doing some seva, doing some Krishna seva and worship. This year is uh, Prabhupada's 108 anniversary, so there will be a lot of uh, remembrance of Sri Prabhupada. Some devotee gave me one of those iPod, you know, it's a MP3 player. So I got all of Prabhupada's lectures? Lectures and all of them. Six of them. Lectures and uh, classes. Uh, classes and curriculum. Class. It's all there. He claims it's all there. I didn't count them. But. <laughs> More than 1,000. No. 
It's a 40 regular gigabyte, so it tends to get hold a lot. In case everybody wants to download them, I can download them to you. So this, I first time this time when I was flying over, I was listening to Shri Prabhupada uh, tape, and when he was uh, talking with some people in England, and they're like real mental speculators, they're asking really stupid questions of Shri Prabhupada. Prabhupada, I beg your pardon, why do you call it Bhagavad Gita? You know, and then they're just kind of back and forth and so on. And it was interesting how they were presenting the whole, their, you know, their point of view. Kahapad was like really patient. I explained, oh, because I'm not trying to interpret the Bhagavad Gita. I'm not even interpreting, I'm not trying to change, I'm trying to present whatever Krishna the way he said it. Because normally what people do is they present Bhagavad Gita and they want to put this is Bhagavad Gita commentary by someone. Everybody has a new commentary, a new speculation. And probably just trying to like to make the direct interpretation, direct understanding, as it was handed down by the disciple of succession. It's Krishna. But he understood that Krishna. Anyway, he was presenting all those things, and then there was a lady, she asked him questions. And it was just, you know, I can't remember all the detailed questions and answers at this moment, uh, but Hapabra uh, was very patiently explaining it to them. And some of the things he said were just very moving, it was, just, it's, it was a real emotional experience, actually. Although the sound was a bit weaker, the airplanes but noisy. And this is a good. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing my class uh, on trip, especially long trips. And uh, now that we have the opportunity to listen to the Prabhupada's lecture for the 108. People can listen once a week or something at least. For those who are cooking in the kitchen, you can play a tape. Uh, of course, sometimes we hear you. We're trying, we have uh, for my disciples and those who want to hear my lectures sometimes. There's a web site called Hear JPS where you can download www.hearsjps.com You don't have to pay anything. They have a few hundred lectures up there, but there's actually thousands of lectures that have been given. And um, there's some devotees that are creating up the lectures and there'll be more than loaded up. I have I have ten gigabytes of MP3 raw lectures, just not you know, just as they are, in case anybody wants to uh, erase it from my computer. Oops, what happened? But those are the ones that are out there are, and then we also have some we have some CDs with you. 
And then now there's also like uh, Tusti, who's made uh, some multimedia CDs which have lectures, video clips. And we also have DVDs or music. Multimedia slideshow. All in one. Computer. You can hear the lectures just an MP3 player, but if you want to see the get the full everything that's on the disc, then you need the computer. Otherwise, you can just hear the audio part. So now there's a lot of opportunity, even though you're working, even though you're studying, or to get some association to these modern. I mean, I see people on morning walks with the uh, Walkman running and listening to their music and things. So why not listen to a tape of a spiritual master? Why not? When you're driving, I hear people don't drive so much, but in some countries they drive hour to get to work. Hour and a half. So then they put in a they put in a CD or a tape in there. In their car and they listen to a class while they're driving. <coughs> so in this way one can uh, build up their spiritual knowledge. In the fourth canto, Shimon Bhagavatam Machiva says that whoever has transcendental knowledge, that's the real wealth of life. Because by transcendental knowledge you can deliberate yourself, you can understand Krishna. So by chanting, then we become eligible to receive the knowledge by serving Krishna. But then we need also to transfer the knowledge. So, Generally, knowledge is transferred by reading and by hearing. It's like downloading into your computer. It's out of cable, it's the sound vibration. And the more that you fill your mind up with Krishna consciousness, together in uh, Bihar, where we're co-zonal secretaries. It's my godbrother, it's been so nice and cool. Maybe we're from North India. And he helps, he's working with me a little bit in uh, Nepal and in Bihar. And we made this virtual platform in spite of being surrounded by material energy all around. And really what Krishna Conscious is all about is to equip everybody with the tools so that you can connect into Krishna consciousness. You can they have all these scientific you know science fiction movies like Matrix where you know people are phoning up on their like somebody's mobile phones not 
They're phoning up in some phone with a hard link and they're going into some... into some... But we... Uh, we don't need a mobile phone, we just need to link up by the mantra. Hare Krishna, Or by offering our work to Krishna. Even the mundane activity, when we consider mundane activity to raise a child, but if your idea is that the child can be a Krishna conscious devotee, and that the child can be a devotee of Krishna in the future and be liberated, one parent wouldn't want their children to be a liberated soul, then even the, the natural loving uh, act of you know, raising your child can also be an act of devotion to Krishna as well. So everything we do, almost everything, could be transformed into a devotional service under the guidance of an expert spiritual master. To learn how to do that, that's what the Bhagavad Gita is so important because Krishna, in a, in a nutshell, just a, how long it would take to speak to Gita, an hour or something, two, three hours. He explained to Arjuna, how he can do everything as a chakriya. I'm talking about <clears throat> war, a warrior. That's real war. <laughs> With killing people, being in a battlefield, cutthroat, literally trying to cut your throat. And he could remain peaceful and focused on Krishna in the midst of that. Of course, he had Krishna five feet in front of him driving the chariot, it helps a lot. But like that, if we have a spiritual master and we have Krishna guiding us in the heart, the spiritual master guiding us from out and regularly referring to the scripture, regularly referring to the lives of great devotees, then we also will be constantly in touch with uh, Krishna in these different ways. You see, once a devotee uh, gets a certain degree of uh, maturity, initially there's a lot of enthusiasm, and then there's some kind of little shaky period, and then they get to be very steady. They learn this technique on how to remain in touch with Krishna, and how to help other people to come in touch with Krishna. Thank you for watching our videos. Be sure to subscribe to our channel. We publish new videos every day. And don't forget to like and share our channel.